this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm very excited about our guests, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering episodes six through eight of Teenage Bounty Hunters, and uh, Ronnie put the cart before the horse. We got guests. We got guests. Like I was, I was too excited. We couldn't, we couldn't keep that secret uh, for the extra forty seconds we were supposed to keep it secret. We are joined uh, by the amazing Ellie Brigida and Lee Holmes Foster, the co-creators of the Flame, an original podcast musical, and co-hosts of Les Hangout, a lesbian podcast about LGBTQ representation in the media. Ellie and Lee, thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, thank you so much for having us. What an intro. That was exciting. We're so excited. I know, I was like, they seem cool. (laughs) (laughs) Who are they? Um, uh, So so for, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, um, we were uh, recommended uh, this show by... Uh, the folks over at the Flame, and and these are the folks. These are this, this is, is Ellie us. and Lee. We are from the, the Flame musical. Um, we, I just gotta say before we get into anything else that I started listening to the Flame today at work, and I was like, oh, like they're coming on the podcast tonight. I'll download the trailer, and I'll I'll listen to just like the trailer. So I walked down into the room where I have Wi Fi, which is down two flights of steps. Downloaded the trailer, listened to it back. Uh, was like, oh my god, I need to go listen to more. <laughs> so I walked back down the two flights of steps, downloaded the first episode, listened to it at my desk, and was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> walked back down two flights of steps, downloaded the next episode, and came back up. And then uh, that's when it was like, hey, Andy, where do you keep going? And I was like, I'm a good worker, me. I'm doing work. Uh, so I didn't listen to any more after that. But it's so good. Yay. It's so damn good. I Thank really you. enjoyed I'm... the dedication to walking the steps instead of just standing in the stairwell and downloading it. I mm-hmm. I enjoy that. No, it, it the Wi-Fi in this building is you gotta you gotta go all the way down and across. Oh, you like thing. you can't get the Wi-Fi unless you're down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. then it just shows you really care. I love it. Yeah, it's so amazing. Thank you so much. I'm really excited for you to hear more than one and two, but one and two are also bangers. You know, fun ones. Bangers. I mean, it's my first big numbers in three, so you know, look forward to that. <laughs> you gotta wait for <laughs> least number. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, Couldn't we are more the concrete. We were joking earlier, but like we are the co-creators. We also are in it. So <laughs> so um, we Lee, Lee plays Heather and I play Jamie and we're best friends in the musical. And we're also best friends in real life. So it's so nice. Oh, oh stop <laughs> it. So oh. cute. <laughs> it's great. It's great. But thank you so much. I'm excited. I, I, I'm just going to keep on gushing about the flame. Um, I, I remember when I heard about it, it, it was during a time where I was like, you know, kind of feeling the pandemic like brunt of things. And like, I haven't seen live theater in forever. and I haven't been a part of live theater forever. And I was like, someone needs to like start like a live stream musical or a podcast musical or something. And this like literally popped up your, your message popped up like two days later. Amazing. And I was like, 
I'm I'm double excited. I'm excited yeah. about a new show, which I didn't even know how excited I would be about Teenage Bounty Hunters. But I'm also excited about a whole new concept that I thought I invented. I knew I didn't invent it, <laughs> <laughs> but I was ex- I was so excited that concept like existed and was doing things. And then I listened and I was so excited. And it's just it's it's all it's, good things. It's fun. I mean, I'll be I'll be fair and say we didn't invent it either. There sure. there are podcast musicals that have been kicking around a little bit, but there's not a ton, you know. Yeah. Um, and we we had a ton of fun. Uh, we it's funny we planned um started working on it before the pandemic, uh, and then you know it it ended up being a convenient project in terms of things that one can still do and make and produce. Uh. Despite a pandemic. So it it worked sort of in our favor, at least in that respect, that we didn't have to, like, cancel and close everything the way that so many other theater things did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and sure. it definitely worked in our favor to, like, get the cast that we got because we have a lot of, like, Broadway people in it who were not working. So it was like, hey, they're like, Jen Colella is is in Come From Away. And she also is very, very gay. We love her for that. (laughs) So we were like, here, here's a gay thing for you, Broadway star. Come be in it. And we loved working with her. So it feels weird to say like we were lucky because obviously a lot of things have not been lucky about the pandemic, but things did work out in a way for us to pull together the show in the way that we pulled it together. Absolutely. This year. Absolutely. And we're su- we're super happy with how it came out. So it we always yeah. love hearing that people like it. It means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. It is um I don't want this to this is gonna sound almost like a complicit, and I don't want it to sound like that, but it is like this we'll brace ourselves. It is this it is this cheesy romance hook. Oh, it like, is it is hardcore rom com yeah, all the not, way. One hundred percent. This is not a spoiler. It's it's revealed within the first two episodes, but uh, the the main character runs a a lesbian bar, and then she finds out that it's being foreclosed on because the 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 landlord has passed away, and it turns out that his daughter wants to just sell it and move on, but she is also a lesbian, and they fall in love. I and mean, it's just listen, like, this is. <laughs> This is so Hallmark eat your heart out. <laughs> this is so fucking cute and precious and like <clears throat> we don't get stories like that though. No. Like queers don't get stories like that. We get this this is <sighs> what Ellie and I always say cuz this is our favorite stat is that um there's like a database called Let's Watch TV and they maintain a database of like all sorts of like lesbian queer representation um in shows and movies and whatever. Uh, and our, our, well, favorite, our not so favorite stat is that 5% of lesbian stories, uh, have a happy ending. Mm. And that's five. it. Five. Five percent. Uh, and we went, you know what? Abysmal. Fuck that. We can swear on here, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Swear. Fuck that. Podcast. We were like, no, we want a, a, absolutely a cheesy rom-com, like heavy handed tropias all get out. Like that is what we want. And we went into it like same thing. We're like, no, this is not really a spoiler, but like it is a happy ending. Like, please do not worry mm-hmm. that we are not going to have the payoff here. Like it is going to be a happy ending. You should know that going in. We want you to know that going in. Because you'll still, like, you'll go on the journey, and the journey's going to be a, a lot. great. Yeah, there's but... a lot in between. 
But no, it's um, it's one hundred percent a rom com. That was all we wanted to make was just we want you know, and and it's a musical. Like that's what musicals are, anyways. You know, it feels so here for it. Yeah, it it feels very classic Broadway. Like it it, it takes. I was thinking about this and there are a lot of like modern shows that will, you know, base their premise around, uh, you know, a queer love story or kind of like a tropey queer story. But like historically, despite how intrinsic the work of queer folks has been to theater and musical theater, there's just like other than like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, yeah. There's like tongue in cheek references. There's not like a whole lot that like pays homage to queer relationships and queer love. And, and this even, definitely even the feels... ones that we get, it's it can still, you know, like even the prom, which like we love the prom and and like what, a you know, groundbreaking thing that was when it came out. But it's still like, here's a story about lesbians, sort of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always sanitized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and, and, and James uh, James cordoned up a little bit. <laughs> and, and something that like hooked me with the flame right away, besides being a cheesy uh, love story, which I'm so here for. And again, cheesy in the best possible way. I don't mean that at all as an insult, but um, it feels extremely authentic. Like the people are talking like real people that like, when you watch a Hallmark movie, you're like, oh, this is a different universe because people don't talk like that. But uh, I, I'm blanking on the character's name, but the, the character who uh, they just they, they dropped the first fuck. And Almost I was definitely like, Joe. I was just like, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm here for it. Like that was perfect delivery. And like, yes, they're they're talking like actual yeah. people and human beings. And like, yes, they break into song. And yes, this this premise of like this love at first sight over foreclosure uh, is, is incredible. And I like, I'm so fucking hooked, but like, also these are very much queer characters written by queer people being performed by queer people. And they're talking like actual people. It's yeah. And shout, shout out to Caitlin clear, who are, who is our amazing writer for the script and everything. And I know she says all the time that like, it's when you get to write for it, like a queer cast and you just get to actually have like multiple queer characters who are all different from each other it's not there's not just here's the one token queer you know like no no they're just people who happen to be queer and they are all distinct and unique in their own ways absolutely it's yeah i i'm i'm so excited for this kind of thing to catch on and for people to hear like lesbians that sapphic love in in this genre which like is is wild that has not been more prolific before um but just kudos kudos to y'all you've done an amazing thing here and you should be very proud of all the work you've done thank you i could keep gushing about the flame (laughs) but i do i do want to hear the but we're here to talk about other sapphic things is that what i was gonna say the elevator pitch for your other podcast because i do feel like if yes listeners right now love ending pending they would probably be super into uh this other podcast so hit us with that quick like elevator pitch what's the deal Yes, I got this. So our show is called Les Hangout. Um, Lee and I have actually been hosting Les Hangout for four years. We're going into our fifth season. 
Um, bum, 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 bum. Yay. <laughs> um, if you do love Teenage Bounty Hunters, we actually have two Teenage Bounty Hunters episodes with one with, um, oh my God, one Devin with Hales. Phillips and one with Devin Hales, who wow. are the main two, our stepperal, beautiful love. Um, and we also do another segment called Should Have Been Gay, which I think Ending Pending fans will love, which is where we talk about TV shows and movies, but we talk about the gay subtext or like how they'd be just so much better if they were gay hmm. um, or how they are actually very gay, even if straight <laughs> people don't think they are, you know? Um, straight people love so, to accidentally write queer movies. That's that's what we're saying. Yeah, they do. There's honestly so many. Have I mean, you, we have, have an endless list. Have you done one on Luca yet? Have you done? We one haven't. On- we haven't. I think we'll have to because we've been on hiatus all summer. Yeah. So we haven't gotten to Luca yet. But, you know, we've hit all the obvious like, um, you know, Waterboy or sure. uh- Waterboy is the weirdest one, but it was actually weirdly good. Um, but <laughs> it was such like, a fun toy- episode, though. Toy Story was a fun one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Legally Blonde. Bring it on. Bend it like back. We, we have hit the obvious, like the Xenas and the stuff sure. like that. But um, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, we've we've done like some random off the wall episodes too that have just been really fun. <laughs> Austin Powers, like we'll do anything. In my head, I cannot think of a more heterosexual movie than Austin Powers. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'm very wrong. And yeah. yet. Yeah, but yes, we. I mean, we would love to have the two of you on. So maybe we'll oh, have you great. on for Luca. That'd be really fun. That would be fun. Um, that would be fun. Or the three of you, because I know one of your hosts. Yeah, is on. yeah. Evan is Evan is MIA. Uh, Evan's fine, listeners. By the way, he's just not here right now. Yeah, he's, he's good though. What's the vampire movie? The gay vampire movie. I know that that did not narrow it down by saying the gay vampire. <laughs> Lost Boys. It, wait, but is it actually gay or you're or should have been gay? Lost Boys should have been gay, but I mean uh, it's actually yeah. gay. But I think like, it's on it our list, but we haven't done it yet. Yeah, mm. oh, it's a good one. There's a lot it's of like movies. Twilight. That- <laughs> <laughs> Twilight should have been true. I mean, Kristen Stewart. That's all you need to know there. People have been hacking uh, the the Twilight novels with the gender swapped versions that she did to make lesbian versions and yes. gay versions. Oh my god! Incredible. Oh my god. <laughs> She, Stephanie Meyer, released uh, an, a book or something where it was the same exact book, but just gender swapped. So queer fans have been taking the gender swapped versions and cutting them up and making the lesbian version and the 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 gay version. And it's listen, I'm not I'm not a Twilight fan anymore, so have I could have all of this wrong. But nothing but time and superpowers. That's what I'm yeah. gonna say because incredible, incredible. Yeah, of course they have been. I love it. Yeah. What did you think was gonna happen, Stephanie Meyer? <laughs> yeah. What did you expect? Oh, what? You anyway, let's this? talk about teenage bounty hunters. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, uh, is this where I do a recap? This is where you do the recap. We watched episodes oh, six, seven, and eight, and you could do it. You could do it. Okay. Uh, hit, hit, hit the big points. So the big point, okay, first of all, I know that we don't say this often on Ending Pending, but when we do, we mean it. Yeah. You should fucking watch this yeah, show. stop you listening. stop yes. what you are doing yes. right now and watch this show. It's important. I did not see this coming. You should watch this show. Yeah. And then send Netflix some hate mail or something, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so 
the big, the big, the big thing in episode six, I'm going to do a terrible job, by the way. I don't do this. I don't do the recap. So just bear with me. Episode six, uh, Master Debater, which I was like, read the title and was like, really? That's the, that's the title. It is also an episode about masturbation, which is just incredible. But um, there's a debate tournament. Uh, it turns out that Sterling yes. uh, has never, has never come. She's never came even once. And Blair, who's like had sex now, is like, you come on, come on. <laughs> so Sterling's got this big debate tournament and she has to work a bunch with April. And it's super awkward because they hate each other. And um, what does Blair do this episode? Fucking nothing. Blair doesn't do anything. She follows her mom a bunch. Mm. But um uh Sterling is just like making out with guys at the debate tournament because like Blair is like, yo, just gotta hook up and move on from your your ex. And um uh April and uh, Sterling are bonding and they're getting along more. And then Sterling doesn't win the tournament, and April's super pissed at her and like grabs her arms and yell yeah, and yells at her, and then uh Sterling, who's been super horny all episode because she's been making out with everyone, goes and like locks herself in a closet <laughs> and uh, <laughs> starts touching herself. And I was like, oh, my God, is this lesbians? And it as she's as she's masturbating, it's flashing to like April and like April grabbing her and yelling at her. And like, that's when she comes. And I was like, we got lesbians. <laughs> we got um, lesbians. Wait, she also is grabbing her own arm to like yeah, just, recreate yeah. a sensory experience for herself. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is wild. It is. It is. It is very good. It's a very good <laughs> scene. It's very good moments. Very good episode. And uh, I was like in shock. I like looked at Evan and was like, do we have lesbians? And Evan was like, I don't know. We might not, but we might. And it, yeah, we got lesbians. Spoiler for the next episode. There's lesbians now. Um, oh, and Blair like spied on her mom a bunch. And that was her whole deal. Episode seven is uh, Bowser's dealing with his ex and um, uh, who is Yolanda's sister, which is like, a whole thing. There's a lot of drama going on there. Uh, Blair is continuing to like spy on her mom and is convinced that things are going on. And Sterling is just trying to like sort through lesbian feelings. And like she confronts uh, April and like, they kind of have this heart to heart. It turns out like they used to be friends and then they weren't friends anymore. And they get paired up together on this project. And, Sterling is very much trying to like be slick about trying to like, Hey, how do you feel about queer stuff? And, uh, April who like does not feel safe around Sterling, uh, is like the Bible says this, and I'm not going to give you a personal answer because I don't trust you. And they have this big confrontation at the end of the episode and I'm like, Sterling, don't do it. Don't do it. For the love of God, don't do it. And she, like, goes in for a kiss. And I was like, oh, my God, you idiot. No, no, abort. Not safe. Abort. Get out of there. And then April grabs her face and kisses her back. And it's just like, lesbians confirmed. Not one, but two. We got two sapphics, and they're in love. It's great. 
Radio, this audio is going to be spiking like I'm, crazy. It's fine. It's worth episode. it. It's worth it. I'm also just so proud of you. Like you said, you weren't going to do a good recap, and I'm freaking out over this recap. So keep oh, going. Like it's you. so good. It's so good. It's so Everyone hard to stay quiet during this. I'm like, I'm waiting so patiently. <laughs> Everyone should tell me how good my recaps. You're are. doing such a good recap. It's Andy. Great. Thank you. Uh, episode eight. Um. God, I just watched this. I watched this, and I was really stressed from work and hungry, uh, and I was trying so hard to pay attention, because I knew I had to do the recap. Um, more Bowser drama, uh, dealing with Yolanda and his ex, Yolanda's sister. Bowser broke up with the the ex, who like came to town and was like, let's get it back on, and she was like kind of manipulating him, and he's like, no, not having it. Um. Blair needs things to do this episode, finally. So, Blair is trying to deal with her boyfriend and with Bowser, and she keeps texting Sterling to be like, hey, I need you to cover with Bowser so I can deal with my boyfriend. But Sterling is like, I am having a lesbian renaissance right now with April, and I can't look at my phone because we are trying to figure out what we're going to do about this. Like first we're going to go on a really adorable ski ball, uh, uh, titillating discussion. Then we're going to go make out in the laser tag arena. If you have not made out in a laser tag arena, by the way, it is an excellent spot to make out. Choice, it looks hot, right? Choice. Hot. Yeah. Well, one, you get to like drop kick a small child, <laughs> which is always fun. And then two, you can kind of do the, like, I love you. I know. And like get some blaster shots in mm. and like, Sexy makeout, highly recommend. Uh, if you listen to the show for some ungodly reason, you're a child and under 18, make out in a laser tag arena. It's a good time. <laughs> if you're an adult and you're listening to this show, don't make out in a laser tag arena. You're an adult. You do it in your house or your dorm or your apartment or your car like a civilized adult. Um, anyway, that's just some Andy Life advice who... Went to many youth group laser tag nights. Uh, Blair is being a terrible girlfriend. Uh, Sterling is dealing with queer panic and trying to sort out her shit. And Bowser goes to Yolanda and is like, hey, I'm nailing this case. I want to celebrate. Let's get dinner. And the other bounty hunter is there. And he's still a good dude. He's like, Bowser, come in. We got some Indian food. Like, it's fucking hyperallergen. Like, get in here. It's this great Indian food. And Bowser's like, dude, like, you're the most kind and helpful guy ever, but not right now, please. Uh, Sterling and April make out a bunch. And then they're like, gonna come out, I think, is the is the general consensus. Is like, they think they're gonna come out. And then the parents, oh my God, the parents are like, we've been found out. We got to move to Mexico. And so it's revealed that the parents have some deep, dark secret. It's clear the mom's been hiding shit. It's clear she's got like a rough past and they're like planning to leave the country. The drama. That's the end of the, the episode eight. The drama is high. Blair tells Sterling, fuck you. And then also is like researching uh, the mom. And is like hot on the trail, and the mom and the dad are like, we're fucking going to Mexico. And like the fact that I have to wait a week <laughs> to watch the next two episodes is in fact homophobic. It's a hate uh, crime. It is, it is the most homophobic thing that's happened to me since two days ago when 
my parents reached out to me on my birthday. <laughs> Top notch. <laughs> well, wow. well, well, as a friend, I do want we to hear to more about that, that eventually. We definitely have to unpack that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have therapy in it two days. Great, great. great. Um, uh, we watched three episodes of uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters, and you know I got to ask it. Uh, hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These three episodes of Netflix Teenage Bounty Hunters, did they work for you? The show fucking rules. Mm-hmm. The show is very good. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the show. Mm-hmm. This is not a haiku. Ah, <laughs> very good. Uh, hey, Lee. Oh, sure. Me. These three episodes of Netflix's Teenage Bounty Hunters, did they work for you? Oh, gosh, this is such a fraught question, you know? It's mm-hmm. just like, I mean, I guess uh, the names of them worked for me. The uh, plot devices worked for me. Mm-hmm. The dialogue always works for me in Teenage Bounty Hunters. Such good writing. Um, the little, uh, you know, like maybe sapphic developments. I mean, I who knows if that works for me? I don't know. Um, the idea that people started watching this show on Netflix being like, oh, some good old Georgia girls in a Christian school. And then we're like, what? Sapphic masturbation in a closet. What is happening? That works for me. Um, <laughs> the the uh, development of things that I'm not spoiling of what's to come in the final two episodes. <laughs> that all works for me. So. Um, I think if I if I, you know, like add up the pros and cons. Yeah, I think it works for me. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ellie. <laughs> hey, Ronnie. <laughs> like, I'd be like, hey, Ellie. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going with this? <laughs> Three episodes. Perfect. Three Nailed episodes. It. We watched them. Teenage Bounty Hunters. Did they work for you? Um, I mean, Lee's was Lee's explanation was so perfect, but. When you reached out and you were like, we're going to talk about Teenage Bounty Hunters, which episodes do you want to do? I specifically chose six through eight (laughs) because to me, these episodes are three of the best episodes of television I've ever seen in my life. They are gospel. They are a trinity. These three consecutive episodes get me in so many ways. The arm grab, the Ruth and... What's it called? Naomi. Naomi. Naomi yeah. yeah. Ruth and the Ruth and Naomi. The uh, April just completely coming out and saying, yeah, I'm gay. Like everything about the like development of this sapphic couple works for me. Just works. Excellent. <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> the door lock. Oh, my God. Yes. <gasps> oh, yes. Please. And thank yes. you. Yes. Yes, the most I, the door lock, the most uh, erotic use of a door that I think I've ever, ever seen in media. That that pause where like you're because what exactly what you just said, Andy? Like your stomach bottoms out where you're just like, oh no, oh no, no, mm. no, 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 and then that click and you're like, oh yeah, yes. <laughs> I still wasn't. Sure. I mean, that could be my own PTSD, mm-hmm. but I was like, girl, you are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you made the cardinal mistake. There was something similar last episode where it's like you want the characters to get to a certain result. And so you want the character to do certain things where I was like, you need to like ease into this. Like, 
give a gentle hug and like kind of look back up like I'm like whispering moves in Sterling's ear kind of thing and she doesn't and I'm like with you I'm like no nope it's over and the result is far better than the result I even wanted it's just like this it's it's so well written it's so like well directed hey, acted. hey Ronnie hey yeah oh right did these, <laughs> did these three episodes of Teenage Ronnie Hunters work for you yeah they did oh yeah it's, 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 they're very good and enjoyable I, I liked them a lot let's talk they're about very what, good. let's talk about what worked about these three episodes of Teenage I, Bounty Hunters they're so good I, I gotta compare this to another show and uh, our longtime listeners will know I'm obsessed with the show Black Sails Okay. I'm mm. currently on my fourth rewatch because uh, I am a loser, but uh, <laughs> it is spoilers for Lock Sales. Uh, it is revealed that a main character is queer in season two throughout the course of season two through flashbacks of uh, his earlier life. And the flashbacks start off very subtle with him, like meeting this married couple and befriending them. And like slowly building a very intimate friendship with this married couple until finally the wife is like, hey, like you you and my husband should just like do this and like it's fine. Like I'm not mad. And it's like, wait, what? And then the 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 the, the men kiss on screen, and I was just like, I couldn't let myself hope. Like, I saw it happening, but I, like, I couldn't let myself hope that I was going to get this queer pirate historical drama. Like, that doesn't happen. Shows like that don't get fucking made. And if they do, they're, they're, they're bad. Like, it, like, queers don't get good rep like that. And it happened, and, like, I couldn't believe it. And this was the same way where, like, you're watching it, and you're like, is this, like, getting queer and i was very vocal last episode that like this show Mm -hmm. needed queers like it was a glaring absence that they're taking down southern evangelical faith and there's no gays anywhere uh and so like i'm watching and i'm like is this happening no right it can't like right yeah inconceivable but it did (laughs) and it really did it really did yeah I know, obviously, like, episode six, right? So we, we're, like, more than halfway through the show when we mm-hmm. get time with our queers together, right? But knowing what you know about the previous episodes, there is a lot of development of April and Sterling's relationship in the prior episodes. You just don't realize that that relationship is going to turn queer. So it's... It's good. We get a lot of we get a lot of depth. We get their backstory. They used to be friends. She gave her away. So sad. Mm-hmm. You get an actual date that's actually quite cute. You get like the two of them talking about their sexuality and like what that means to them. Right. You have like Sterling, who's maybe kind of bi, but like doesn't want to put a label on it and like doesn't know if she's into both girls and guys or just April right now. Like, you know, there's more nuance and you've got April who's talking about like, she's only ever crushed on girls for her whole life. Like there's no, there is obviously still some, uh, as we get in most queer stories, like 
homophobia and internalized homophobia, particularly with April because of her upbringing. Um, but it's like, I think makes makes sense and isn't as like crushing as we usually get. I know that's like low bar, but like <laughs> it's not crushing homophobia. Just like one of them has homophobia and the other one's like, wait, it's cool. We could be gay. I love you. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole thing, like in episode eight, right? Where Sterling is trying to convince April that they should come out. I don't think it's internalized homophobia. I think it is like knowing that they're not safe, knowing that this is not a safe community that they're currently in, which is why I was telling Sterling, like, do not kiss her. You are not safe. Like of all people, right? Of all people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, uh, uh, it's been, you know, talked about quite a few times on ending pending, but like I used to be a pastor. So like, I know what it is like to not be safe to come out. So I was like begging Sterling, like girl, don't do it. Like tiny, you tiny, tiny queer, like this is going to go bad for you. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's necessarily homophobia on April's part because April was the one who was like, no, God made me and he made me the way I am. He's got a plan. He made narwhals. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I'm just a narwhal. I'm just, yeah. just like a, narwhal. a little so gay narwhal. narwhal. Well, she is very confident. Yeah, she is very confident in her sexuality, yeah. which is and, like what I really like. And that, like, it's okay. Like spiritually, it is okay for her to be a lesbian. Like, right. And that I thought was really cool. To yeah. speak of the like the lead up, like you're talking about. You know, we we talked earlier about how April is the one that reveals to the school that Luke and Sterling have had sex, and like. To to look at that from the perspective of of April, like clearly that's not a good thing to do. Clearly you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. Uh, but like this one thing that she wanted to do to hurt her her enemy, her perceived enemy, like it was it's like the worst thing that she could be doing in this evangelical landscape. Second only to the yeah. life that April is living. And and as the, the worst way that she can hurt this person she wants to hurt, as she says in this episode, it would be a zillion times worse if this came to light. And so, like, just, you know, being in April's shoes and kind of understanding that and knowing that and like knowing that she did that to Sterling and then entering into a relationship with Sterling who like she knows is very good and honest and like forthright. And like, it's, it's just so bold of her, even though, you know, the, the very bold move of kissing her in the middle of explaining about why her dad is like a social pariah. It, it, that belongs to Sterling, but uh, it's, it's just such a, a, an awesome move for the show and for, for these characters and actors. It's when we uh, when we had Devin Hales, who plays April on uh, on Let's Hang Out. And that's what we taught because April, I think, was a really it's just such an important character. She's such an important character. And that's what we were saying is like they're like this was not even something that if you had asked me to like dream up, like dream up this type of representation existing on a TV show like I could not have I could not have imagine someone actually like putting this character out there who is 
so sure of herself, of her faith, of her sexuality, of her like the practical reasons that she is like, here are things that I know about myself. And I am also just like aware of the reality of my current environment. And I am just being real about that and like have done all my own processing. And this is where I am with it. And it's just like. <laughs> there's just so much that is so important about seeing that and like not to to discount the importance of Sterling's whole journey as well but like oh god there's just April as a character I'm just like this is yeah. it's so big it's so big and there's so much all wrapped up into it you know just so many layers and and so many uh, things that you don't see put all together, like ever, ever, you know, like name another character that's that's got all of the you. It does. There isn't. There isn't one. There's nothing else out there. There is April and that's it. And it's ah, it's just so like I really do. Part of me is just obsessed with the idea of like super like evangelical families being like let's scroll netflix and see what we can find to watch and like tripping their way into the storyline <laughs> i am obsessed oh with that's all that's all i want to imagine is just like li little southern families all of a sudden being like what just happened <laughs> well, do it's... you feel like even from the first episode though they wouldn't be watching this and be like wait this is offensive to us. I think there are certain evangelicals who will like see something like this and see like, well, this is kind of like a worldly touch to things, but there's still, you know, these p characters are still very, you know, yeah, like, in the word on, like and stuff. Like, I think there, there are shows out there where I've seen people be like, yeah, we're watching this as a family and it's a little, you know, rougher around the edges than we're used to. But like, you know, it's got a good basis. It's got a good foundation. Here are these girls who know how to wield a shotgun, who know how to respect their parents, who know how to do well in school and go to church. And yeah, absolutely. Come on. The the evangelical touchstones that they get right, they get really, really right. Like it is extremely clear that whoever wrote this show knew the inside of evangelical culture because mm -hmm. uh, there's stuff you can't fake and they just get it. And not only do they get the evangel evangelical culture stuff right from the inside, they also get the queer mm -hmm. evangelical culture, right? Which is its own weird hidden <laughs> secret thing. But uh, like Sterling bringing up Naomi and Ruth, like, yeah, that is even like queer evangelical 101 and then David and Jonathan mm -hmm. is uh number 2 baby <laughs> uh, when Jonathan died David said that uh I've never loved a woman the way I've loved Jonathan like no one knew me as intimately and people are like oh wow they were best friends and it's like <laughs> are you sure cuz David has had like 800 wives at this point like mm -hmm. anywho maybe they were roommates and then Listen, I grow large Paul. for all my friends. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Listen here, the Bible. Lee, you, will never, you will never be large. <laughs> the, I'm sorry, short joke. For so short many joke. reasons. Love I love you. The, <laughs> the diss on Paul is also yeah. like queer evangelical 101. Good. Like, if you're a queer believer, you don't like Paul. That's just how it is. And if Paul's you are a, not a queer, like if you are queer and a believer... 
Paul is like Jesus who Paul is the dude. Paul is you're so saying anything against Paul is almost tantamount to that. Like, yeah, I'm letting you know that I'm, I'm kind of a progressive Christian because I don't like Paul. Like that's almost an unsafe thing to say. It's, but it's also, here's why, here's why I love what I love about this show is there, there is almost never a line of dialogue that doesn't work for me in this show, right? The dialogue is on point. And even just small things where like that line, when she says she doesn't like Paul and April's response is, Paul, you don't like Paul? Like the apostle Paul? (laughs) It's just, it's so good. It's so well delivered. It's so like every, just every line in this show. Like when we hosted um, two rounds of Teenage Bounty Hunters trivia, uh, and we were, you know, like we do. We do... like this show. Oh my god, we're obsessed. We love this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, when you were talking about Terrence and Bowser, and I was like, oh my god, if we need another excuse to do another uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters episode, Ellie, let's do a Black Sheep Should Have Been Gay on Terrence and Bowser. Um, but we sure we part. hosted trivia, and when we do trivia for uh, a lot of things, like our half times will just be quotes, and you have to name who said the quote. The amount of quotes that we wrote down rewatching this show is absurd. Like yeah. every other line that comes out of someone's mouth is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, why are they all so good? They're so good. The apostle. There Paul. is zero wasted yeah. on this show, whether it's characters in the background, whether it's facial expressions, whether it's blocking, whether it's a camera angle that just makes the shot funnier or whether it is uh, like the dialogue, mm-hmm. yeah. it is everything is hitting every single time. That's why it's impossible to recap. Like yeah. I didn't even mention, I think that Miles and Blair broke up and that the breakup was heartbreaking and Miles was amazing in it. Uh, I run from danger. No, scratch that. I walk away slowly so as to not draw undue <laughs> attention to myself mm-hmm. like that was funny and then also really emotional because it's a black teenage boy saying it. Mm-hmm. like it it's really fucking good the show is so good it's so good the so good. like let's we haven't yet to talk about Blair and Miles really I know but Blair's I mean, wasn't Blair wasn't gay that was that was her own fault <laughs> To be fair, I, I mean, look, there's the theories. Show, yeah, I came into the show knowing that it was going to get gay at some point. Sure. Like, I started watching it because I was like, I know there's a lesbian storyline. And I assumed it was Blair from the beginning. Sure. Yeah. I was like, it's, it's got to be choice. Blair. And I like that they switched it up on me. They mm-hmm. surprised me. I appreciate that. Yeah. It is like, uh, I don't know if y'all watched um, Hulu's Runaways, the Marvel uh, project. Uh, but yeah, there yeah, yeah. It has a similar kind of vibe where there is a very, you know, um, queer coded girl character who ends up falling for the hunky guy. And spoilers, the lesbian is the uh, blonde, you know, bombshell character, very, very, you know, traditionally beautiful character. And it's like it it still works like the tro- like the trope didn't like it's not played out, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, it it definitely hit here very well the right the right it just the choices that they made um specifically i want to talk about in episode six um in between rounds of debate sterling is making out with her with basically the the dudes that she just emasculated in debate um (laughs) and in one round 
she is debating another girl and they kind of look at each other and I was like, oh, are they like in my head? I was like, well, why not? Like what? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like she is totally in this to just kind of like figure stuff out. Why not? And the show didn't go there. And I was like, in the moment, kind of like, eh, that's, you know, that's that's a choice. You know, I, I understand. But like, you know, a little cowardly show, which like, again, asking for what I want. And not realizing that what I actually am going to get is going to be so much more impactful because that would have been played for laughs. That would have been just like a complete throwaway that would have been nothing. And to like save that up for like what we actually got and receipt like it, they, they know it's not just the writing. It's not just the character work. It is this like psychological understanding of like what their audience is looking for and how to give them that but more and also subvert their expectations. It is so well, every episode, the the season itself is so well constructed down to every episode, having no throwaway moments or throwaway characters that it's just like, it just sings. It just sings at the end and we all get to benefit. And where they give you the payoffs too, right? Because it's like you get that whole debate episode. It is just this slowly building fire. And then that final scene of Sterling masturbating in the closet, grabbing her arm, realizing, oh, wait a minute, right? And like, and that's what you, that's the end. Like, that's what the episode mm. ends on. The, episode the way leaves that all these episode ends there. are yes, very good. Yes, it leaves good. you there. Very it, good. It, it literally ends on that little, like, the head tilt and the self-realization of, like, wait a minute. What just happened? <laughs> and then the next episode ends on the door lock and make out scene. And you're just like, oh, man, like, good Lord, Teenage Bounty Hunters, go easy on us. It mm-hmm. is. It's a lot. Can we give an honorable mention to Ellen? Yeah, yes. just because I she love works Ellen. always. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen, always? We, we've talked about is such a real person. Like, yes, like not only like that, she's doing a good job acting as a real person, but like there are Ellen's across Christian oh, churches yes. and schools and, and probably secular ones as well, which is all over this, 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 this country. And they are they're doing it. They are putting the work in and getting so little back. They are coming in and putting the work in every day. She can't be a pastor because no, the Apostle be Paul said, I will not permit a woman to speak or have authority over a man. She must be silent. But she can be a teacher and she can give it her all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she Get does. Out. Get she out, sure girl. Does. Get out. Get <laughs> run, out. Ellen, run. <laughs> no, and also like, okay, so in what is this episode? Episode eight is the one where Blair's doing like the back and forth, right? Yeah. Yeah. That episode gives me so much anxiety, but that's like Mm -hmm. sort of the point, right? Like you're in that in that room with Blair, like you are in the moment where you're running back and forth. Um, But I want to talk about her moment in the studio. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because that song gets stuck in my head. And fun fact, Angelica actually was on Broadway before. Um, she did Teenage Bounty Hunters. So, like, she actually can sing, and I feel like they just were like, let's throw something in for Angelica to sing. But it, even though it was like, okay, she can sing, let's make this work, it still works. Like, every part of it works. Like, her pretending to be a pop star, and Bowser, like, really leaning into, like, being her manager. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it's so good. It is interesting, because we 
have framed the Miles relationship as like, like Blair's figured it out. Like Blair and and the other guy were kind of just like running through the motions, not really like into each other. But like she figured it out with Miles, and it's still a very like not a not a super healthy relationship, very codependent on her part, and clearly not like really willing to share what she needs to share with him in a serious relationship. And it, it like, I don't think it was played up quite as much as it could have been because she was still fixated on getting back to miles. But like, that's, and I don't know what happens uh, in the next two episodes, but it did feel like she did get her moment and, and maybe there's, there's more to come there or maybe there would have been more to come in season two, three, four, you know, as many as we hopefully would have gotten. Um, but it was it just a knife in our hearts right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, That's what this show's all about. I was, <laughs> I was excited to see her kind of twist it, excel at something that wasn't like dating mm-hmm. because, because even though she's supposed to be like an expert at it, we haven't seen her really do it super well in a healthy format. I mean, for a, you know, 17 year old, or what she's portraying here. Yes. Lee and I talk about this a lot. Like sometimes you forget that they're teenagers and then mm-hmm. you really remember. Yeah. You know, like you're watching and you're like, why would you do this? And then you're like, oh, you are 17 years yeah. old. <laughs> of course you would do this. Like, same, like, why would you schedule your date when you know you have something else going on? Like, just say, how about tomorrow? But no, you're going to try to run back and forth and like set no boundaries with your partner at all because you don't know how to because you're a 17 year old girl. Let's lie and get you a free dessert. And you're like, oh, sweetheart. Even even the just come out and tell him you are a secret bounty hunter. Yeah. Like you could just do that. You could just tell him like, oh, hey, there's this part of my life. It's weird. I'm keeping it a secret, but I am a bounty hunter, by the way. It's pretty cool. You could just do that. You could just tell yeah. him. But, like, no, you're a teenager, and, like, for whatever reason, you can't reveal that part of yourself. And, like, yeah, it makes sense that she wouldn't, like, have the emotional maturity to know that, like, yeah, I can tell him this. And even, like, Sterling being like, no, like, let's just come out let's just tell everybody i've been gay for like a couple of minutes i think i get it (laughs) a few um it just like i like in that moment i am i am with april being like girl you are the most reasonable person in the world i'm sorry that you do feel like you need to hide yourself but like oof oof there's there's so much that like happy cheery bubbly uh sterling is trying to like go for here and like to be in her shoes to like knowing that I mean clearly like it doesn't just happen but you know Sterling just realized this for her to like take that extra step and go for it fully knowing that like Sterling could turn around and be like hey I just realized I'm not actually gay like there's there's so much danger there and danger that we've lived through in high school and stuff like that and trying to figure ourselves out and like just going with what feels right in the moment as teens do and getting it extremely wrong. It just feels so real. All of April's points to counter why they shouldn't come out were just like, oh, yeah, like 
uh, Sterling is like, oh, well, our teacher Ellen will support us. And April's like, no, she's a pushover and her paycheck comes from our parents. Well, our parents will love us. Their love is conditional and they're hateful bigots. Uh, well, our, our, like, our community will support us. And she's like, I hear faggot five times every yeah. day, like walking these halls. Like my sister it, will like, support us. She hates me. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's rough out there. It's clearly someone who has like thought about it clearly and like made the, albeit cold and calculated, but rational decision to do what she's been doing for her whole life. Well, people still are like, Oh, gay marriage was legalized in 2015. Everything's fine now. And it's like, well, like one, things are super not fine for trans people. Mm -hmm. And two, things still really aren't all that okay, even for cis queer people. Like things are still not pretty great out there, dependent on where you're at. And uh, especially through a lot of the South. Mm-hmm. And like these people are financially well off, but like they are for sure in a very uh, cozy prison cell of, uh, you know, like heteropatriarchy. And that that's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This show. <laughs> well, I, and to your point of April, like. Because April has been like, I've been gay for a long time. Sterling has thought about it for five minutes. Like you said, April has been literally thinking about this and Mm -hmm. also internalizing everything, like paying attention Mm -hmm. to everything every person around her has been saying about her and knowing that it's her. Like she knows it's her and they don't know it's her. Like the amount of times like before you come out, came out, I'm sure like most of you have experienced it too. And like I like... I'm from Boston. I'm like, but I'm just like, you know, like I live in like the first state to legalize gay marriage. And like, I heard a lot of like homophobic shit before I came out from people around me. Like, you know, like, and, and they don't even like process that they're saying something hurtful because it's not you. Right. Right. And so she's been internalizing all of this and no, she knows far more than Sterling what the community thinks about queer people. Oh, for sure. In the clouds. And like my parents, when (laughs) I came out, uh, I was like, yeah, we have issues like. Y'all, the stuff you said about me and they're like, well, we never said that about you. I'm like, no, but you did. You Mm -hmm. just didn't know it was about me. And they're like, oh, well, we don't remember saying those things. I'm like, yeah, of course you don't like. Like, you don't remember what the waiter was wearing yesterday at the restaurant, but, like, I remember because it was about me. Yeah. I was there, and I remember because it was about me. That's why I remember. Uh, And it's, like, they're so so blind to it. Yep. Go to therapy, listener. Therapy's great. (laughs) Therapy will help you. Uh... Unload this baggage or start a podcast and run it for five years. <laughs> Honestly, both. And then watch Definitely Teenage both. Bounty Hunters. Therapy and a podcast. Um, um, wait, can we talk about one of my other favorite things in the show that we haven't touched on yet that also works for me? Yes. Absolutely yes. not. And that is my, my sweet, beautiful himbo Luke. I, oh. I adore Luke so much. 
What do we get from Luke in six through eight, though? Uh, we don't get Spanish. a ton. Mostly, yeah, we, Spanish yeah, we get, Spanish uh, you know, we get his um, his new song that he's working on. We get a lot of sad Luke in these episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Very, very depressed Luke being like, I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> so much sad Luke. We do get some some bits from his parents where... They they kind of like talk about what he's doing, where he just kind of like walks around the house holding a guitar. <laughs> so it's not even like he's practicing that guitar. He just kind of walks around holding it and crying. It's like his like comfort. It's guitar. it's his it's like accessory a animal to him. Yeah, he talks. He sleeps with it. He talks about how he's like things are going great. Uh, I have my band, and every one of my bandmates every couple of hours texts me to remind me to eat, and that's great. <laughs> Poor Luke. I love him so much, though. He's such a he's such a great himbo character, you know. And Mm -hmm. I always have a soft spot for a himbo. They're the the Noah's Ark model. (laughs) Animals are fucking. (laughs) It's just so good. And we, I'm like, also sorry to add more. We'll wrap up soon. I promise. No, 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 no. We don't have to wrap up at all. I was just doing a bit. We never will, Andy. No. (laughs) Um. So. We didn't talk about Bowser, Yolanda, and oh mm-hmm. my god, Michelle. I remember. Michelle. So, first of all, Bowser has a thing for these two sisters. Like, he was with Yolanda first, then he married Michelle, right? He was with Yolanda first. Yeah. Well, he went yeah. on like one date with her, right? He like slept with Yolanda once or something, and then decided to marry the sister. But Michelle is the most narcissistic human I've ever seen in my entire life. And so I do feel like we get a good, some good character development for Bowser because we see, okay, he was with this narcissistic wife and then he, you see him sort of get sucked back in, but then he is in episode eight. He does like cut the t- cut ties, right? I'm like, I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah, yeah. End of episode seven, he cuts ties with the sister. And then episode eight is when he shows up at Yolanda's doorstep. And this is, I just want Bowser and Yolanda are so freaking cute together. Is episode six where they're joking around in the mm-hmm. jailhouse? Mm-hmm. They have this whole thing where they're joking in the jailhouse. They have this whole thing where they're like, she's on his lap as they're driving. Like, they it's have such good. great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And Michelle is just like, no, we don't want this, Michelle. The end of episode yeah, th- The end of episode eight is when he, when she says, like, did you just expect me to wait around and, like, for you to, like, not be fawning over my sister and he says no i didn't expect it i just hoped it Uh, and like that uh, is like that is so like the the difference between those two things is like absolutely heartbreaking it's the the other thing that they do so well too is like with character like the same way i feel about luke is similar to how i feel about terrence is like they Mm -hmm. give you these characters that you're like they're impossible to hate Yep. Right. Like yep. you want to hate Terrence for being there at Yolanda's because you're just so heartbroken for Bowser and they're so stinking cute together. But Terrence is freaking delightful. <laughs> He's just you can't hate him. He's making like what is he making in the background? Like cinnamon rolls or some shit. I mean, he is just. Uh, how Terrence can you? has you can't. always been a good dude. Never been able to read a room. That is, no. that is two no, things no. you've got to know about Terrence. <laughs> Oh, 
god, but they do. It's like they give you these characters that are kind of like, you know, the the conflict creating things and it's like you can hate Michelle, fine. She's mm-hmm. unlikable, but like, man, you can't be mad at Luke. You can't be mad at Terrence. Like they're just so And the, and the other character that you can truly hate is April. Oh. Up until Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and you watching can't, you can't anymore. Yeah. Watching the show a second time through when you know about April is like a wildly different experience, you yeah. know, because you just see her in such a different lens all of a sudden. And especially because, oh, my God. I mean, look, if we want to dive into her whole like, let me tell you about, oh, when so and so went off to, you know, like moved in fourth grade and I was like, just lost my mind over it. And uh, and then you put that in the context of the whole story that she tells about, you know, Sterling, like giving her away as a friend and all this stuff. And you're like, Oh, April, just you tiny little baby gay, honey. Oh, you have been so hurt and you have just learned to like squash it all down inside of you far, far down where nobody can get to it to protect yourself. And you're like, you just watch the way that she interacts with Sterling from the beginning then. And you're like, oh, you are carrying something, something around with you, aren't you? That has been there for a long time that you are just not, not going to face at all uh, so that you never, ever have to. Ugh, it's so when much. You, when you are queer and you are in that sort of environment, you do what you have to do to survive mm-hmm. and you become what you have to become to survive. And uh, April became uh, a, a bit of a bitch. Uh, she is pretty fucking toxic in those first five episodes. Yeah. Uh, she is yep. remarkably cruel and unlikable but she became those things because she knew that is what she needed to do to survive she had to be super organized she had to be on top of her shit and she had to be beyond reproach Mm -hmm. so like that meant excelling at school excelling at bible study and stepping on people to make sure she was excelling uh i just watched pray away which is a documentary on netflix about uh the ex-gay evangelical movement and these were queer people who were pushing conversion therapy. And uh, it is a tough documentary to watch because these people are victims. They are for sure victims. They were in an incredibly cruel, toxic environment and they became what they needed, what they thought they needed to become in order to survive it. And they ended up hurting their own communities and hurting themselves, but they are still victims. And that is tough to reconcile. Um, And like how much of it is their personal responsibility and how much of it is the fact that like the evangelical church is a fucking powerhouse in this country and can abuse people like that without being called on it. And it's, it's a whole mess But April made me think about that and how it's not her fault that she is remarkably uh, rough to deal with. Yeah, she definitely has developed a very, very, very thick skin. She's like, attack first, so I do not become attacked. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, And we love her. Yeah. It is so wild to think about, like, 
you saying you had that actor on on your show two episodes ago of, of uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters. I'm like, oh, OK, that's that's a choice. That's I mean, I'm glad I'm glad you got someone from the show. To now it's just like I I stand like I can't like yeah. I, I need I need all of it I I need that it is such a a dramatic heel turn um and yeah, I love it tr- truly a one eighty on yeah. my thoughts on that character right, right wow it is crazy and it's and it's to what you were saying last week Andy where like what we are missing from this like takedown of evangelical culture is thoughts and feelings around being queer and having queer characters and queer culture. And like this, this is a full takedown. Like this is, this is, and it is, it's, it's um, April saying exactly what you just said. These are the things I need to do to survive. It sucks, but it's how I have to live my life until whenever. But it's also like, it is the thing. It is the thing that can change your mind about somebody in, in that like drop of a coin. It's the thing that for, you know, evangelicals hearing about like being cool with queer people is like, oh, cool. There's a line that we have to draw between us now because that's unacceptable. And for queer Christians like or or people who are like kind of wrestling with faith like that, that that is like for for like. Sterling to kiss. April wild still such a such a choice such a big move but then like in that moment for like whether it's because she's like well she's not going to tell people that she kissed me so i can i can like divulge stuff to her whatever the reason april feeling safe enough in that moment to like okay like i'll open up to you like all of that can just turn so quickly and it's and it's what that queer representation with that eye from a queer perspective can do for a show like this set in this kind of an atmosphere. It just well, it, turns like a lock in a door, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, recontextualizes, it recontextualizes the entire show. Yeah. yeah. After watching episode seven, mm-hmm. you realize that, that Teenage Bounty Hunters truly could not exist without this queer storyline. Yeah. You you thought it could, but then right. you realized that all of it was leading up to this. But that's what you were speaking to and, last week of like it. This is it's it's missing something, and it's yeah. missing. It's this queer rep is like it's this is something they need to speak to because of the culture that I know exists, and that like oh, you wait, you wait just one second, we'll get there. <laughs> and despite as hard as I try, this is not a black sales podcast. But <laughs> once you get to season two and that reveal happens, you realize that the entire show has been about a queer storyline and that that is the story this show is telling. And that is the future of this show. Uh, mind blowing. And also like speaking of future, unfortunately we won't see the future. Shows on, on here before we uh, looking at you took took and birdie. Duke so and maybe birdie, clone high. There's lots of shows that are coming back because of us. Listen, Yes. Give me, give me more teenage bounty hunters. We you have talked in the past. We have talked about how, like, you know, these these high school shows, these teen shows, are so hard to bring back because the actors age so quickly, and yeah. and you know, you're out of it. These these actors are adults as they're playing this, which is like another thing we've talked about. Where like doesn't feel like that. It feels very teen. It feels very like, you know. 
immature in like a very proper that it should be way but like we get out of the pandemic and we get a, enough petitions and we get like <laughs> this we could they, they could do it why not they could do it oh uh, wish there have let, been a lot let there us been dream a lot, a lot, okay a lot. Yeah, there have been a lot of petitions to save the show. Like yeah. there was like an entire like hashtag trending. Um, when does Blair say something sour patch? I think she had to have said it. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Oh, it's later. All right, well, it doesn't later. matter. She's well, she has a line where she says something. Oh, sour she patch. does say it once spoil first. It. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm like that doesn't spoil anything. Um, so there was this whole thing where people were sending sour patch. Um. Mm-hmm. Sour Patch Kids to Netflix to like say like you need to renew this show and Netflix did not still so we don't know yeah I know of the things I I will say like of the shows that we love that have been canceled this this is this is I think the top of my list of like if Mm -hmm. I could bring a show back I would bring this show back it's Mm -hmm. just it's for so many reasons, this was just like such a just groundbreaking, important, like so, so well done show. And I just, ugh, I'm still mad. I'm always going to be mad. I'll never be over it. We we have covered some truly phenomenal shows on Ending Pending from um, Kings to The Quest. Uh, everything sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I can't speak for the whole podcast. I can only speak for myself, but uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters would really have to drop the ball, I think, in these final two episodes to not be uh, our like number one favorite one season show. Yeah. Uh, this, what a wild ride it's been, and there's two episodes left. Yeah. Uh, Listen, here's all I want. I'm so excited. Here's for all you. I want right now. I'm like, I, I get you can't have us on for like the next two episodes again because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> but like part of me wants to be like, but can you just like, can I like zoom in and watch you watch the finale? <laughs> 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 that's, that's all watch I party. want is like the experience of watching people experience that episode for the first time is... Like, uh, we don't even know what's going on with the parents. Like, are they moving to Mexico? It, You're going to have to wait and see like, what you find what? out. They yeah. have paced that out very good because there was the whole intro where, like, the dad lost his job and was like, we don't need the money unless there's something I don't know about. And I was like, oh, he doesn't know either. And now it's like, seems like there's something that he knows. Like, it, it, it is... Yeah, there, there even, is like even from that the very first episode where we talk about like they these episode endings the, like mm-hmm. how each episode ends. Episode one is where you yeah. get that shot in Bowser's office of the want mm-hmm. the wanted sign, and yeah, it's exposition, just storyline development and pacing and. <sighs> Ugh, listen, it, I I can ruin so few lives because I know so few people now that I can try to convince to watch a show that they know is canceled and they will never uh, quite find out all of the storylines the way that they would like. But anytime I convince anyone to watch this show, man, the first time they watch that finale, I'm just like, give me, give me, give, just mm-hmm. tell me, tell me what you're feeling. Tell me all your thoughts. I want them there, all. <laughs> I, it's, there are very few shows where I can say like, this show really tried to do a lot of things and I can say, and they fucking nail all yeah. of it. Like there is a mystery plot here. There is high school drama. There is like Christian trauma. Now there is like queer figuring it out, queer panic stuff. And it's like 
all of it is hitting so it there there's no loose end there's no place where it's like yeah we got to tighten this even like even in this where like yeah blair didn't have much to do for two episodes she was doing like laying the groundwork for what is like a huge mystery plot which like is going to affect these characters lives in a very dramatic way whether it's like in a future that we don't know exists or in the next two episodes like it's it's it just nails it yeah I I will say it is not always the case that like when you get shows that give us queer rep and we're like, yeah, of course, we're going to watch it. Of course, we're going to support it. Of course, we're going to like, you know, everything. But I I have to say, as soon as I hear Kathleen Jordan, if she who is the showrunner, if she mm-hmm. is like touching another project, I would be like, I'm on board. I don't yeah. I don't even care what it is. It's just it's so good. It's so well put together. It's so well written. It's so well done. I'd be like, yeah, I trust you. Whatever you're doing, I'm in. I just... We, we really haven't talked about the parents enough. Mm. And, like, April's line of our parents are hateful bigots. And, like, then spending so much time with the parents these three episodes as they're, like, sorting through their relationship. And then, like, what they're going to do about whatever this mystery crime thing is. And, like, I said last week that, like, the mom and dad were kind of likable. Like the thing with the penguin and the chopping wood and like. They're great characters. They're everyone is. They're incredibly well-rounded and like have depth and that, you know, they are hateful bigots, but that doesn't mean they're not funny. That doesn't mean they're not occasionally kind. That doesn't mean they're not likable. Mm -hmm. Like hateful bigot does not mean someone is uh an unlikable monster 24/7. Yeah. And I think that white people they try and go well like oh well like I'm I'm kind like I I tipped well or like <laughs> I'm kind like I'm a good father yeah. or like I'm not homophobic. I watch RuPaul's Drag Race and uh I cried watching Queer Eye. And it's like look, just because you're homophobic doesn't mean you're not unlikable just because you're homophobic doesn't mean you're not unkind just because you are racist does not mean you're a bad father. Mm -hmm. Like you can be a good father and be racist. You can be a good husband and be sexist. Mm -hmm. You can watch queer eye and have an emotional response and be homophobic. Uh, And I think these characters are really nailing that Mm -hmm. in, in, uncomfortable way but in an incredibly authentic way it is we talked about this last time but it is amazing that like all of these characters whether they are likable or unlikable villains or heroes are so three-dimensional are so well-rounded it is they they are they are aping evangelical culture in an amazing way and really kind of taking it down and no one is like i said last time none of these characters are a monolith which like is is real no human april is april is the fucking like thesis statement yes. on that yes but and even like, but even debbie when she has that moment when they find out that sterling and luke slept together right when she has all the moms i, I think it's a, a an episode ahead of these ones but mm-hmm. um but when they have that moment where like her daughter's being thrown under the bus by another mom and she's like dude like it, yeah. you know what does she say she's like we both know it takes two to tango she's like come on like, even even in this, you know, like, very patriarchal, like, 
heteronormative world that they're all living in. She's like, let's not pretend that this, you know, like, come on. It's it, it is. It's like they have these moments of they're real people, you know, like they're real people with pasts and with experiences and with lives and who have made their own mistakes and who have like they they always have that touch of video. like humanity they are you know they're flawed humans the way that we all are and it's like but that's why i love how they characterize uh the parents because they do they just they give them these opportunities to be real developed characters as well like no one on this show is a throwaway you know like just that everybody gets a chance to like i love is because i think it's in one of hannah b even hannah b (laughs) even hannah b but i think it's in one of these episodes who else are we know is this where they have the date they have like like that double date with the other parents that is like an absolute disaster that's in one of these right and Mm -hmm. uh, and i love that because it's like you know listen as someone who's been married for a long time it's like that that experience sometimes where you're like okay listen like we're like either just like being pissy about something or you just like had some fight about something but now you're hanging out with other people and you're and you're like pretending everything's it's fine everything's fine and you're like both just being shitty about everything and like that's real that's like real life that happens you know and it's like you watch them do that and I'm like oh it's so it's just so well done every part of it is so well done and the parents show like what happens when someone like april grows up in a culture in mm-hmm. a society where like no 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 this is what is expected of you and nothing else is acceptable and like you just have to grow and grow and grow until you like there there's no op- there's no sterling coming in to be like no you don't have to be jaded and terrible you can just <laughs> you know just tell everybody oh, all sterling. your secrets it's fine like once you become a certain age, it's just like, no, this is who I am and I've made peace with it. And it's the only way that I know how to do. And you can see all of these parents that, you know, not all of them having gone through their own queer uh, battles. But like this, like this life that they have chosen to lead is not the one that they clearly want now. But there's no opportunity yeah. for someone to speak into it like there was when they were teens. And April, you have that opportunity. And I know it's reasonable, April, but April, please. <laughs> <laughs> April please April please oh, there's like I'm so like I'm heartbroken to like even consider cutting this off because there is so much still <laughs> left we did oh, warn you we warned you how wait, long we could be here they gotta wait for college get to college uh, come out yeah have a yeah, have no, a yeah. lesbian college adventure it'll be great well that's definitely april's plan right like that's the thing she's like i'm gonna go to college and i can be whoever i want to be but for now i'm this but in these episodes she poo-poos the debate captain going to a liberal uh bastion like stanford like where's she where's she gonna go me and Annie know the college. She'll go to bob jones or she'll go to pensacola or one of the other evangelical christian spaces Oh, Bob poor. Jones of Pensacola. Oh boy. Yeah. But she she could have just been saying that because sure. she knows that's the answer she's got to get. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Uh, but still, he's gonna pay for her college. God damn it, April. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> look, I kissed the boys see. at Liberty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Um. Yeah. There's so much. Gosh. There's so much. They were straight. They were straight. Of course they were, Andy. We all know that story. Yep. I'm sorry. 
Oh, what a time. What a time. <laughs> even at even at not evangelical colleges, still a time. <laughs> <laughs> Are we, are we, oh, well, I guess we have to get to this part. Did anything not work? Did what? No, what the show work? is a banger. This show's perfect. Cha- no notes. What changed tr- no notes? Yet. Truly, I know. right? Wait, wait, like, we have to talk about No that? notes. Truly. Nothing to change. Literally all we talked Nothing. about last time was like, yeah, it could be, it could be more gay. And they're like, oh, it was a glaring omission. Here's two scoops of gay. Get, get in okay. here. They, when the gay's getting good. It all works. It all works. It's so good. I I mean, like, this is this is not a note. This is just a desire. I want to know more about the uh the the character I mentioned last time who was clearly like the the gay and the girl gay. I'm blanking on his name. He made the cross. Ezekiel. Yeah. Ezekiel. Oh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel with yeah. a Q, which like um. I, I want to know Ezekiel's story. One hundred percent, he has to be to... gay as well. Come on. Well, well yeah, he he he's very clearly like the gay and the girl gang, which is like mm-hmm. a trope. But um, yeah, I, I I feel like we don't have time in this final two episodes. But I want to know his. The story. fact that like we were convinced last episode that like s- the only queer rep we were going to get was some like wrap up with Ezekiel. Like something with Ezekiel was going to happen and that was going to be our queer. The fact that that's when we were like, well, I guess that'll satisfy a checkbox, like whatever. And it's like, check, check, check all the boxes. Yeah, you'll check you'll get all. Ezekiel like eyeing some dude's ass or something and be like, I guess that was it. Uh-huh, okay. uh-huh. It is the thing that's wild, too, because when I started watching it, I, I of course, knew there was going to like it was going to get gay. And I actually already knew it was Sterling. Uh, and starting episode one with her, like, climbing on Luke in that car, and I was just like, what is happening? I was like, I did, wait, I'm like, I'm like trying to double check the tweet I I had seen, I was like, wait a second, did I read that wrong? Like, I, something doesn't add up here, and, uh, yeah, it's just delightful, is what I have to say. So good. Thank you for recommending this show. Thank you so much. Thank you for you recommending are, this show. Listen, hold that, so hold that welcome. thought until you get through the end, okay? Because you, you we, might. We, we are well conditioned to the heartbreak. That's true. At this that's point. true. Yeah. You know what yeah. you're getting into. Yeah. They're professionals at this, but, but it's yeah, it's gonna hurt. It I will say it. It just it doesn't stop hurting every time I watch. I watch through the season, but there's no I, more. I like was talking to my partner over dinner and like i'm really mad that like i started watching this and like we didn't watch it together but just because of how we record and watch shows like we don't always get to watch the shows together and she was like yeah i i i sounds like something i'd be interested like i will watch it again yeah i will will certainly watch it again but i know i know it's gonna be a problem that there's nothing (laughs) there's nothing left after this yep it is it is i've definitely sat some friends down and been like here sit with me and watch the whole thing. I literally with one of my friends, it was probably like 7 p.m. when we started and we just kept like, I was like, yeah, you should watch it. And she was like, one more, one more. Like we like were mm-hmm. almost done and it was like so late. And I was like, all right, we'll take a break, but come back over tomorrow and we'll finish because it's yep. so good. It's, it's so good. It's a good thing we have another show on the Where They May radio network called Fan Fiction is Good, actually, where uh, I I bet, I bet that some delightful young queers have written season two 
uh, in a massive God, I uh, hope so. In a massive, massive. Uh, I don't even know where kids are writing fan fiction anymore. But Ao3, Ao3 fic, yeah, out there somewhere. I this might be my we, own ramp. I mean, this might be my some. own ramp. We'll send it to fiction. you. You have some. Oh yeah, yeah. We we've got. No, we didn't we write can, it, but we have. But we've got some good ones. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this this is this is this is a network spanning event. So, uh, so yeah. you guys are guessing on fanfiction is good actually to talk about your favorite yes. uh, oh teenage God. bounty hunters fanfic. Don't tempt us with a good time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Ellie Lee, thank you so much for telling us about this show, for being here with us, for the flame, for all of the amazing creative things you have put out in the world. Uh, one more time for the peoples, where where can they find you if they want to know more? Yes, they can find The Flame at The Flame Musical on all the social media accounts. Or if you look us up on any podcast apps, just look up The Flame, an original podcast musical. You will find us. And you can find Les Hangout at Les Hangout Pod wherever you find on your social media. And then Les Hangout if you, on the um, podcasting apps. Myself personally, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on all social media. You can find me at LSH Foster on all the social medias. And I will also plug real quick, just because we might as well, but um, I might suggest waiting until you finish uh, the full season of Teenage Bounty Hunters. But we did also do a Les Essentials on it. Uh, and when we do Les Essentials episodes, we write an original song based on the show or movie. And so we did write a Teenage Bounty Hunters song, very focused on Sterling and April. Uh, and you could find it on Bandcamp if you look us up on Bandcamp. And it, it may or may not feature one Devin Hales uh, singing oh my as goodness. well. So just things to consider, things to think I'm about. I'm so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say that knowing that I have like a plethora of uh, episodes of your guys' podcast to listen to when I finish Teenage Bounty Hunters is a an ointment for the burn of this only getting mm-hmm. one season. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're only going to be more upset when you discover how um, absolutely incredible both Devin and Maddie are as people as well. They're just so sweet. They're the nicest people ever. So it Devin only makes was it the worse. funniest one because we obviously hopped on the to to interview her and like we were like, are we going to be intimidated? And she's like, hi, I'm Devin. And you're like, you're, oh, wow. You said you're a great you're so, actress. Oh, God, you're so nice. <laughs> like she was so just like sweet. She's and we were great. like, of course you're not an asshole like April. Like, of course you're not. Of course. <laughs> but we were like, oh, you're so nice. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Amazing. It's so good. Oh, I can't, I can't. The fact that there's a, a an original song about all of this. Um, it's called you- I Want More. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> It'll wreck you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, you can uh, get in touch with us, Ending Pending, just like Ellie did uh, to tell us about cool shows and preferably very gay shows. Uh, we, we've been hitting our stride with that lately. Uh, over at Pending Pod on Twitter. We're at Ending Pending on Instagram. Uh, and we have the, uh, the Where They May Radio, always available to you at wherethemay.com. Patreons at patreon.com slash WTM radio. We just posted a birthday special with uh, Andy, me and a friend of the network, Val Patron. You could check that out on our Patreon, either at where they may radio or at paper boat productions. 
Little, little it's incredibly self-indulgent, but it's yeah. very good. If you didn't get enough of Andy and I talking about ourselves on this podcast, well, I've got good news for you. There's more. There's more available. Uh, and it also has Val, which which ups the ante by a yeah. thousand. Val makes it a banger. Yeah. Um, and uh, all those things uh, you can find at wheretheymay.com. Uh, and I think that's it. Andy, how do we end these episodes? We're never doing Firefly. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good that's an old chestnut and a good yeah it's classic. Not that's doing good. it. Yeah, uh, piss pants Joss Whedon and his piss pants show. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, thank you. So oh my much. god, this was so fun. I want to stay for hours and just talk about this show. That's all I want to do. Where they may radio.